Bambi by Phoenix Sultan, Chapter Twelve. The meadow had long since lost its catkins. Everything began to turn green. Though the young leaves on the bushes and the trees were still too small, shimmering in the tender light of the early morning, they showed a smiling freshness that seemed like little children when they had just woken up. Bambi stood in front of the hazel bush, striking his new crown against the wood. That was so enjoyable. It was also necessary as the glory of his head was still wrapped in velvet and fur. They had to come off. That was a matter of course. And no one had, with any sense of tightness would just wait for them to fall off by themselves. Bambi swept his crowns so at the coating of velvet was torn into shreds and long strips of it dangled around his ears while he struck up and down at the hazel bush he felt his crown was much was harder than it had been his feeling permeated his whole being gave him an ruderating sense of pride and strength he pushed himself towards himself harder against the bush this coating was torn off in a long pieces a naked white wood could be seen and in an unfamiliar open air it quickly turned to rusty red bambi was not able to care about that he saw the pale flesh of the wood flash up under his movements that enchanted him here in this ground round here in his round place there were many other hazel bushes and dogwood brushes bushes that showed the marks of his efforts have we nearly finished then? said a cheerful voice from nearby. Barry threw his head up and looked around. There sat the squirrel with a friendly look on his face. Bambi and the squirrel were nearly startled by the woodpecker, who was sitting close to the trunk of the oak tree, called down. Oh, it's please, excuse me. I'm always out after laugh when I see the two like that. What is it that's making you laugh so loudly? asked Bambi politely. Well, then, thought the woodpecker, you're going to do mean the whole thing wrong for one thing you ought to have chosen a tree that's stronger you're not going to get anything from a, a tiny thin little hazel bush what shall i be getting then said asked bambi beetles the woodpecker laughed beetles and grubs look at this how do you do it he drummed on a trunk of oak tick top 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 squirrel rushed up to him curiously he asked what do you think you're talking about? The princes are looking for beetles or grubs? What the? No, why not? Asked the woodpecker complacently. It tastes delicious. He held pit in a beetle, swallowed it, and went on drumming. You don't understand, said Squirrel. The squirrel squirrel again. A noble gentleman like this has other higher goals to pursue. You just make yourself look ridiculous. Doesn't matter to me, woodpecker replied. I don't care a thing about these higher goals of yours. He called cheerfully and flew away. The squirrel scrambled back down. But you, don't you know me? He asked, looking very satisfied with himself. I think I know you, said that was Bambi's friendly answer. You live up there, he indicated an oak tree above him. The squirrel looked at him with a grin. You're confusing me with my grandmother, he said. I knew it. I knew you were confusing me with my grandmother. My grandmother lived up there. Since she was a child, Prince Bambi, she often told me about you only only when she was killed by a polecat a long time ago. That was in the winter time. Don't you remember? 
Yes, I do, Bambi nodded. I heard about it. Well then, I'll that my father moved in here. The squirrel told him he sat up, showed such astonishment in his eyes, held both his paws politely in his white breast. But you might be confusing me with my father. Did you know my father? I'm afraid not, Bambi answered. I, I never did have that pleasure. That's what I thought, exclaimed the squirrel in satisfaction. If I was so surly and shy, you wouldn't have had any contact with anyone. Where is he now? Bambi asked. Oh, said the squirrel. A month ago, Al got him. Yes, and now he's, it's me who lives up here. I'm very satisfied with it. Just think. It was up here that I was born. Bambi began to turn. I was about to go. Wait, called the squirrel quickly. I didn't really mean to tell you all that stuff. I wanted to say something completely different. Bambi stayed where he was. What was that then? He asked politely. Yeah, what was that? Squirrel leapt about, then made another suddenly sat upright, leaning against his magnificent bushy tail, and looked at Bambi. Right, now I've got it, continued the burble. I wanted to tell you, you ready, be ready, should be ready with that crown of yours. It's going to be very beautiful. What do you think so? asked Bambi. Please. Beautiful, declared the squirrel, and he's a fusilum. He pressed both his forepaws against his white breast. So high, so magnificent, then majestic, and so such long pointed bright points. You won't defend fine them like that. Really? Bambi asked. He started because so pleased he went back to the hazel bush, started striking it for a little while longer. Felt was thrown around in the air. In long strands. Well, Marla, meanwhile, the squirrel went on speaking. I really must say, the others, you don't have a crown as magnificent as yours. You wouldn't think it possible. Anyone knew you last summer, and I did catch sight of you a few times in the distance. Probably you don't want to believe that you, you're the same deer with such thin little sticks that you had in those days. Bambi sunny, sunny stopped. Goodbye, he said only. I have to go, and he ran off. He did not like being reminded of his previous summer. It had been a difficult time for him. First of all, after his mother had disappeared, he felt totally abandoned. Winter had been so long, the spring came hesitantly. It was a long time before anything green appeared. Without Miss Nettley, Bambi would have been not even able to manage. But she had taken him in and helped him in every way she could. Nevertheless, he often found himself alone. He missed Gobo all the time. Poor Gobo who must be dead, they'll be dead. Like the others, Gobo was continually on his mind at this time. He was only too late that he realised how lovable he had been. He rarely saw Feline. She always stayed close to her mother and turned out to be remarkably shy. Later, when it, when at last it became warm, Bam began to recover his mood. He wiped his first crown clean of its velvet, very proud of it. A bitter disappointment was soon to follow. The other crown wearers chased him away where they saw him. They pushed him away angrily. He could not tolerate it being close to anyone. Mishandled him. Until the day, with every step he took, he was afraid of being found by them, afraid of being seen anywhere. He crept along the most hidden paths with feeling of being oppressed. Same time, while the days became warmer and sunnier, he became gripped by some strange unease, his heart began, came ever more oppressed with a yearning that was both painful and welcome. Wherever he happened to see Philane or one of his friends in the distance, he was overcome by a storm of excitement he would not understand. Even happened quite often, 
he could recognise just a trace of where she'd been or when he could draw a breath and test the air as well as she was nearby. If it was just be drawn to her even more, ever more often. But if he gave in to this longing and it drew him to her, it always turned out badly. If he would find no one in the end, tired out after wandering about it so long, have to acknowledge that the others were avoiding him, or he'd come across one of the crowned heads who would immediately leap out at him. He didn't push him, and driving away, he shouted insults. Worst of all, Ronald Cross had taken against him. No, this, that was not a happy time. Now, Scrooge was stupidly reminded him of it. He suddenly became quite wild and began to run. The tits of the wrens flew out of the bushes, alarm as he went past them. The archies of her urgently. Who's that then? Who was that? Bambi did not hear them. Paramagpies laughed nervously. Has something happened? Jay was cross and shouted, What's going on? Bambi paid no attention. Above on him on the road flew the, from tree to tree. Good morning, I'm happy, happy, happy. Bambi made no answer. All around him the thicket was already light. The rays of the sun ran through its fine beams. Bambi did not bother about that. There was a sudden loud rattling sound from near his feet. A whole rainbow of gorgeous colours flashed up and shone into his eyes. It was so day that he was dazed and he stopped. Ujilolo, the pheasant, who had just who had shot in the air in startlement, because Bambi nearly stepped on him. He rushed away, scolding Bambi as he went. Unheard of, he shouted a cracked, crow-like voice. Bambi was bewildered and watched him go. Well, it turned out all right, but you're really... Well, being very careless, said a soft, twittering voice. But nearby, at the ground, it was Jolene, Pheasant's wife. She sat brooding on the ground. My husband was terribly alarmed, she continued, dissatisfied. So was I, but I couldn't move from this spot. I can't move from this spot, whatever it happens. You should very easily trouble me. Bambi was slightly ashamed. Oh, I'm sorry, he muttered. I wasn't paying attention. Jolene answered, oh, please, maybe... It wasn't quite that bad, but my husband and I were so nervous at present. You understand, Bambi understood nothing at all. When on his way, he had become calmer now. Around him, the wood was singing. The light became warmer and more golden. Leaves in the bushes and grass on the ground and stream rising in the damp earth took on a sharp aroma. Bambi's youthful strength swelled up in him and stretched out in all his limbs so he... Became quite stiff, his movements became hesitant. So he was actually well, something artificial. He went over a small elder bush and lifted his knees high into the ground. He struck against the ground with powerful blows. The clods of earth flew up from it. His fine, sharp cloven hoof cut the grass away, for that was growing here. Wild peas and wild leeks, violets and snowdrops. He scraped them all away till the earth lay before him. Quite dashed and bare, with each blow of dull thud could be heard. Bambi caught the attention of two moles who had been tumbling round in the roots of an old privet bush. He looked up and watched him. But that's ridiculous. What's he doing? whispered one of them. That's not Harry Dick. He had raised the fine corners of his mouth into a jeering grin. He's got no idea, that's obvious. That's what you get when people do things they don't understand. Bambi stopped, suddenly stopped. He his head up high, listened and looked around at the end of it. There's a flash of red between his eye twigs. It's unclear, but he could make out the points of a crown. Bambi snorted. Whether it was creeping out there, well, or Klaus, or someone, anyone else, go, 
or anyone else go at him. I show him I'm not afraid of them anymore. He thought it was as if he had suddenly been taken up over by his own consideration. I showed him what I am, the one they should be afraid of. He ran the bushes with such force. They rattled, the branches cracked and broke. And then we could see the other deer in front of him. He was not able to recognise him because everything was swimming in front of his eyes. He could think of nothing but it. He should go at him. His crown lowered deep. He stormed forward, going all his strength into his neck. Ready to strike. He could really smell his opponent's hairy coat. which could already see nothing in front of him but the red wool of his flank. Then another made a very gentle, then the other made a very gentle movement. Barry inspected him to stay still, be robbed of his advantage. When he rushed at him, his antlers meant nothing but air, thin air. Suddenly he fell over. He staggered, pulled himself together, swung back round to renew his attack. He saw that who the elder was. Bambi was so surprised he lost control of himself. He would have been ashamed to simply run from the spot, although that was what he wanted to do. He was ashamed to say, stay, and he did not move. Was this then? the elder asked quietly, his deep voice at the same time so relaxed and so perilous. A drove above drove, drove itself, as it always did, straight through the centre of Bambi's heart. It made silent. The elder asked again, What's all this about? I thought, stammered Bambi. I thought it was Rono, or he became silent and dared to look shyly at the elder. As he looked, he became more more even more bewildered. Age one stood there motionless and powerful. His head had by now turned perfectly white. His dark, proud eyes shone from their depths. Why not against me, the aged one asked. Bambi looked at him, filled with remarkable enthusiasm and shuddering with mysterious thrill. He wanted to call out, because I love you. But instead, he answered, I don't know. The aged one looked at him. I haven't seen you for a long time. You've grown big and strong. Bambi gave no answer. He trembled with joy. The elder continued. He wanted to test him. Make his assessment of him. Then suddenly he stepped very close to Bambi, causing Bambi much alarm. Whatever you do, do it with nobility, the aged one said. He turned away, and his next moment he was gone. Bambi remained on the same spot for a long time afterwards. Chapter 13, and it was summertime and burning hot. The yearning began to rise again in Bambi. The yearning that he had felt earlier, but this time it was much stronger than before. It boiled his blood and made him restless. He wandered far and wide. One day he came across Fairline. He did not expect to find her at all, he, for his thoughts were at the time very confused, for the all restless yearning had possessed him. He did not realise she was there. Now she was standing in front of him. For a while he speechless and merely stared at her. Then awestruck, he said, Fairline. Looks so beautiful, fellow retorted. Can you recognise me then? Of course I can still recognise you, Bambi exclaimed. We grew up together, didn't we? Fairline sighed. Been so long since we saw each other. And then she added, People can become complete strangers to each other. But she said it in a teasing way, simple and elegant, like she had used to do. Remain together where they were. This path here, said Bambi, of Lumpels, this is the one path I used to go along my mother when I was a child. At least in the meadow, she said, said Fairline. It was on the meadow that I first saw you, said Bambi, almost gaily. Gaily. Do you remember? Fairline. Yes, Fairline answered. Me and Gobo, she sighed gently. Poor Gobo. Bambi, Bambi repeated her. Poor Gobo. They began to talk. 
about those days and frequently asked each other, do you remember? Turned out to the light, they both remembered everything. Out there on the meadow, Bambi recalled. We played tag, remember? I think we did, said Furline. Then she jumped away in a flash. So Bambi just stood there, wondering what had happened. And then he rushed after her. Wait, wait for me, he shouted gaily. No, I'm not going to wait. Furline teased him. I'm in a tremendous hurry. In short leap, she curled away far across the bushes and grass. Finally, Bambi caught up with her, blocked her way, and then they stood quietly. There they stood quietly together. They laughed and were contented, very contented. Feline suddenly jumped into the air as if something had stung her and leapt away again. Bambi rushed after her. Feline made a curve. Then another threw himself, threw herself from side to side and got away from Bambi time after time. There we are, he gasped. Just stay where you are. Got to ask you something. Feline stood still. She was curious and asked, what do you need to ask? Bambi said nothing. Oh, well, if you're, che- if you're just cheating, said Feline. Was about to run off. No, Bambi quickly exclaimed, Stay here. I want I want to ask you. Do you love me, Ferline? Ferline looked at him. Even more curiously, number four felt slightly wary. I don't know. Yes you do, Bambi insisted. You must know. I know it too. I can feel it perfectly well. I love you. I've got a furious love for you. Ferline, so now tell me, do you love me? Maybe. It could be well well that we be that I'm fond of you, she answered casually. Then will you stay with me? Quite Bambi, becoming more excited. If you ask me nicely, said Fairline gaily. Bambi lost control of himself and exclaimed, oh, I am asking you, Fairline, my love, my beautiful Fairline. You hear me? I'm asking you all my heart, and I certainly will stay with you, said Fairline softly. Then she was gone. Enchanted, Bambi shot off again in pursuit of her. Fairline swept across the meadow, turned sharply and disappeared in a thicket. When Bambi also turned suddenly in order to follow her, there was still me rustling the bushes out as Bancras. Stop, he called. Bambi said he did not understand. You're too occupied, Fernine. Let me pass, he said hurriedly. I can't I haven't got the time for you. Go away from here. Kras ordered him close roughly. Go away now. You're not if you're not I'll hunt you down till there's no ounce of breath left in you. I bid you to chase after Fernine. Slowly Bambi began to remember the previous summer. He was often humiliated, but being chased, being chased away, so he became angry. He said not a word, but immediately lowered his crown and threw himself at the grass. He hit him with such force that no one could resist it. Klaus was lying on the grass, for he knew what had happened to him. He got up again as fast as lightning. He was barely back on his feet, struck by another blow, and left him reeling. Bambi shouted. He was about to shout a second time. Bam! Then a fair blow slid down from his shoulder. And caused so much pain, he took his breath away. Kraus jumped to one side to avoid receiving yet another blow from Bambi. He suddenly felt remarkably weak and realised his disgust. And now, a matter of life and death, a cold fear took hold of him. He turned to flee from Bambi, who was rushing close behind, realised that from burning his silence, his every sense, his anger, his ruthlessness, he was determined to kill him. Kraus fell in panic. He turned away from the path. Use a last of his strength to break through into the bushes with nothing he could wish for, nothing he could think of, other than to yearn for mercy or for rescue. Bambi suddenly stopped and left him alone. Kraus was so terrified, he did not notice this, ran on through the bushes as he could, well as he could, but Bambi had stopped because he had heard a vine call of Aline. He listened while she called again in fear and pressed. He immediately turned around and hurried back. Once he was back, on the meadow he saw just 
saw her just as she was, fleeing the thicket pursued by Rono. Rono, called Bambi. You're not aware, he called out. Rono was not able to run very fast because his limp held him back. He stopped. Well, look at who he is, he said with a gentle tone. Little Bambi, can I help you in any way? I want to Bambi calmly, but the voice is distorted by anger. He was suppressing, and the power he held back. I want you to leave Fernine alone. I want you to go away immediately. Oh, that's all, Rono, said Rono with contempt. Well, cheeky young lad you turned into. Never thought I would have expected that of you, Rono, said Bambi, even more gently. It's for your sake that I want it. Because you don't go away. Now you wish we wish we could run away with only your legs yours, but you won't be able to run away any more. What? Well, no, called out crossly. Because I've got a limp. Is that it? Is that why you talk to me like that? You can hardly, you can hardly notice it anyway. Or perhaps after seeing what a pitiful Carol Krauss was, you think I'm frightened of you. Let me tell you this. No, well, no, Bambi interrupted him. Let me tell you something. Go away. Voice quivered as he spoke. I always liked you, Rono. I always thought you were very clever and felt respect for you because you're much older than me. But now I'm telling you, for the last time, go away. I haven't got much, any more patience left. But you've got so little patience, said Rono, with contempt. A great pity for you, lad. You just, now just calm down or I'll soon be finished with you. You won't have to wait long. Or maybe you've forgotten how many times I pushed you along. Baby had no words to put against his reminder. And no longer able to control himself, he rushed at Ronald like a madman. Ronald received him with his head lowered. They clashed together. Ronald stood his ground and wondered why Bambi did not back away. Astonished at his sudden attack, he did not expect Bambi attack at all. He even felt uncomfortable with Bambi's enormous strength and realised he could not, he would need to pull himself together. He stood there, pressed brow to brow, and Bambi, Rano decided he could, he would use a trick. He backed away suddenly to so that Bambi lost his balance and tumbled over. But Bambi realised himself on his separate high leg and threw himself at Runner with twice as much fury before Runner had even time, found time to reach down firm. His sharp crack at one of the branches of Runner's broken crown. Runner's crown broke. He felt his entire forehead had been smashed. He saw darts in front of his eyes and head, twitching his ears. In the next moment, a powerful blow tore open his shoulder. He had no breath. He lay on the floor. Bambi stood angrily over him. Leave him alone, Rono groaned. Bambi continued to strike him anywhere he could. There was a gleam in his eyes. He seemed to have no fault for showing any mercy. Please, just stop, Rono began him pitifully. You know I walk with a limp. I was only just a joke. Spare me. Don't you understand a joke? Bambi, without a word, stopped his attack. With great effort, Rono stood up. Stood up. You're bleeding and staggered. Without a word, he limped away. Bambi, about to go into the thicket to find Furline. But then she came out of it. She had been standing close to the edge of the trees and seen everything. That was wonderful, she said with a laugh. But she was all, she then, she became serious and gently added, I love you. The two of them went on their way together. They were very happy. <laughs>